Thank you for listening to the Giving Light Podcast. We are a family church and world outreach center. Our heart is to empower you to walk in true freedom and equip you to impact your world. Please visit our website at givinglight.org to learn more about us and our many resources, including original music by Brave Music, e-courses for leaders, tools for raising powerful kids, and more. If you would like to support Giving Light financially, visit our Give Online page to choose the best giving method for you. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy this message. What an honor to be in the house of the Lord. I want to just open up in prayer. Father, I just thank you for your presence this morning in worship and just for being who you say you are. And that your glory and your goodness and your grace upon each and every person in this room. And at the sound of my voice, Father, I thank you that you're taking us from glory to glory. I thank you that your word is alive and that it brings transformation. And it's not just a book of information, but it brings transformation. It, tr- it, it literally transforms us from glory to glory. And so, Father, we ask that your spirit would continue to be present like it is and cause your word not to return void in our lives in Jesus' name. Well, a few things before I get started in the message. Uh, Pastor Katie had no idea what was what I was going to minister today, but uh, she was just keep kept on going. I thought, well, you could just keep preaching my message. <laughs> but uh, I am going to minister on hope. But um, I want to talk uh, a little bit more about biblical hope or hope in God, uh, because there is a difference uh, between the world's hope and biblical hope. And I'll share a little bit more about it. But before I get in that, I just felt uh, as we were, were as we were in worship, I just felt like the Lord uh, said in 2022, be prepared, get ready for I have some big surprises for you. And the surprises might shock some of you. The surprises might overtake you. But just remember that my goodness and my mercies are new every day. And I just feel like the Lord has so, so big surprises that you won't even know how to unwrap it or unveil it. But by His Spirit, He will teach you how to unveil and unwrap it. So, Lord, we just give you thanks for that. We thank you that um, you have some great surprises for each of us and for your church. Let's give the Lord a praise. Amen. 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 Well, it's... uh, it's an honor to be here to be able to um, bring the Word of God to you today. I, um, I'm so excited because um, there's so much revelation going on in my heart these days. But there's one thing that the Lord's teaching me is to have revelation, another thing to walk out that revelation. And so that's uh, the same Holy Spirit that can teach us. We we'll also just need to ask Him how to uh, walk it out. And depend on him daily to fulfill what he said to us and what he said about us. So um, anyway, uh, so the different one of the difference between uh, biblical hope and the world's hope is, uh, for instance, somebody might come up and say something to you, and you would just say, "Well, I hope so." Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not necessarily a biblical hope. That's just a hope. <laughs> it's more like a wish. Uh, you know, I wish. In <laughs> um, in my culture that I grew up, uh, which which is really changing rapidly, but when you would ask uh, that person, um, you know, if he was saved, he was born again, he loves Jesus, has received Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior, he would typically, most likely, back in the day, when I, back in the day when I was younger, uh, would say, "I hope so," and. Um, that's also not a biblical hope. <laughs> so I'm just trying to paint a little picture of what the world hope is versus the biblical hope. And then we're going to get into the Word of God. Honey, could you get me my phone? Um, and I believe one of the biggest need in our world today is biblical hope. Hello. And it's not just because we're in Christmas time, it's Christmas season. It's because it's, it's something that we daily need 
whether we realize or recognize it or not, you know. Because um, what is the opposite of hope? Hopelessness, despair, um, discouragement, depression, you know. And isn't it true in our world today, that's what we see, that's what we hear. And so even more so, um, we have to be the ones that bring the hope to our dying world around us. Uh, I want to just touch on a little bit about Jesus' birth, um, and especially, I was reading through uh, Luke yesterday and, and also through Matthew, and it's really interesting when you compare the two um, Gospels, how different they are when it comes to talking about and bringing the truth about Christ's birth. Uh, like Matthew talks about, you know, King Herod, where, where Luke doesn't even, doesn't even bring up the subject. You know, so, so it's really interesting. But uh, so after Jesus was born, of course, we know the story. Um, he, was, uh, he wasn't born in the, in, the, in the setting that you would have thought in his day. Um, and so everything that God does, I'm finding, uh, is so opposite of our natural and of the world, and, and, and his ways are so much higher than his ways. So who would have thought in that day that they were expecting a king? Uh, they were expecting, um, but they, it didn't come how it came, and it didn't. Um, and, and so here he came uh, in, in a stable. But what I wanted to really focus on more so was after his, uh, the time uh, when Moses and Mary uh, were told by the angel of the Lord to leave uh, Nazareth and actually go into Egypt. And so, uh, and then also why the purpose of that was, was because King Herod at that day was trying to bring death, depression, discouragement, uh, hopelessness, uh, you know, in that era, in that time, and to kill all the babies from two years and under. Yeah. Can you imagine for one minute what it would have been like if you had a child in that era, in that time, and it would have got murdered. Yeah. Well, look where we are today with, you know, with abortion and things like that. How much passion, how much are we praying for deliverance and for healing in our land? And how much faith do we, do we release and cry out to God on that behalf? Because, see, uh, it's interesting. The Word of God says, I'm, you know, he's, today, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Well, guess who else is? <laughs> and um, I I'm really have a wonderful time in the Word like I've never had before in the last few months. And I have been honoring the Word in a way that, or the Word has honored me. And I've, I've grown in it like I've never grown in it before. And one of the things that I'm learning, I've done it years ago, and, and, and to the degree today it's been a lot different for me than even then. But I asked a lot of questions. And I just say, Father, I don't understand what I'm reading. I don't understand what I'm, I'm supposed to be getting. So I ask your Holy Spirit to, to gra- help me understand it and help me walk it. And, of course, he always honors that. But I'm not talking about, like, there was so many times yesterday as I was preparing this message, I would ask him that, and I, and I literally got flooded by his presence, that I would have to stop. And see, that's what we need when we read the Word. We need His presence to become so alive and, and, and so uh, just, just overtake us and overshadow us because without His presence, you know, how can we accomplish anything? You know, for Him. So um, let's get more into it uh, concerning biblical hope. Um, so in other words, uh, biblical hope, uh, some of my uh, understanding of it and looking into the scriptures, and we'll get more into that, um, not only desires something good for the future, but it expects it to happen and having the confidence that it will. We, we, we know as believers, Jesus is our hope, he's our rock, he's our foundation, he's our everything. Because hoping in God and biblical hope does not come naturally. In other words, God's um, promises are yes and amen. And they're for us today. And they're not just there written for us for those that have gone on before us. Hello. Um, 
Another meaning for biblical hope is confidence, expectation, what God has promised, and the strength of his hope is in his faithfulness. And these songs this morning were just so, um, just illuminating that, you know, just so wonderfully. In other words, God's faithfulness reminds me of his promise, and the fruit of it will bring me hope, which, which, will, auto, which will bring me in an expectation of my God. So biblical hope takes expectation and confidence in our God. There are a few things that I've learned that really moves the heart of God, and one is hunger, passion, thirst, and expectation and faith. I'm going to say that again. There's a few things that moves the heart of God, and that is hunger and thirst, passion, expectation, and faith. What are, what are we expecting in this season in our life? What are we expecting in our community? What are we expecting in our nation? What are we expecting in our nations of the world? I'm, I'm telling you, it's just things that God's been putting on my heart. God wants us to be messengers of hope and be carriers of hope. We need to continue to truly discover the goodness of our God. Because God's goodness is beyond our wildest dreams. God's goodness is beyond our ability to comprehend, but not in our ability to experience it. Let's say that again. God's goodness is beyond our ability to comprehend, but not in our ability to experience it. And if we do not experience the goodness of God, it's really difficult to know how good he is. And I shared that the last time I preached, but God's continuing giving me revelation and understanding of how good our Father really is. Our hearts will take us where our heads cannot fit. How true is that? God the Father loves to manifest himself unto his people, upon his people, when we are, when, um, we are uh, pursuing the love for him, the love for each other. I believe one of the things that builds our hope in our God is our expectation to continue to press into his goodness and continue to remind him of how good he is. The one with the most hope will always have the most influence. What are we influencing? God's goodness wrecks havoc on despair, depression, hopelessness, fear. All the things that the world wants to offer us every day. Seeing God's goodness will release the opportunity of faith to arise. It is imperative that we believers are carriers of hope and models of his goodness. How then do we become or continue to be carriers of his hope and models of his goodness? So I'm going to turn into some scriptures. Uh, Paul, Paul talked about it in Colossians 1, 27. He says, you know, the Christ in us, the hope of glory. Um, so, uh, and, I, and I also, uh, some of the other uh, translations say, uh, after me, Christ in me is the hope of glory. Uh, that's, a, that's an amazing revelation when you think about um, the hope that already lies within us. I now, my responsibility for that hope that lies within us because Christ is in me now is to release that hope through me. Uh, and how does that look like and what can I do to continue to do that in my sphere of influence? When I think about the kingdom of God that is here now, wants to still, and is also to come, and is within me, <laughs> and is also the kingdom that is to come, brings me hope for the future. That's something that really, that really excites me in this hour, is uh, teaching and revelation and the word concerning the kingdom of God. And, and I'm, I'm so honored uh, and so blessed, and I can't wait to hear some of the revelation that Mama Melody has concerning the kingdom culture and the things that she's uh, really has uh, going to be sharing and, and teaching on some more. And I'm, I'm really excited because I see that one of the transitions, some of the biggest, any, any believer today that's pressing into God, um, and I've shared this before, is in the middle of the, probably the biggest transition in their life. And, and it's because God is transitioning us from a church era into a kingdom era. And the kingdom era is going to be a kingdom culture where we're going to rule and reign and be taught how to rule and reign in Christ like never before. And it's for not just for now, but it's for all eternity. And so are you ready? And so another reason why we must be carriers of hope to demonstrate to our lost and dying world. 
For us to be a generation of salt and light, we must be carriers of hope and models of God's goodness and demonstrate it in our world wherever we go and wherever we live daily. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans that I have for you. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Plans of peace. Yeah. Plans of well-being. Yeah. Not for disasters, but to give you a hope and a future. An expectation. A, 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 a desire to want to do what the king is asking us to do. That's what hope does. It, it brings me a confidence and assurance that I want to fulfill what he's called me to do. But also to demonstrate it in my sphere of influence. Hebrews 6.19. This hope, this confident assurance we have is an anchor of our soul. And this is in the... Um, I forget which translation I picked it out of, but anyway... We have as an anchor to our soul, it cannot slip and it cannot break down under whatever pressure bears upon it. It's a safe and steadfast hope that enters within the veil of the heavenly temple, that most holy place in which the very presence of God dwells. Wow, that's such a powerful, powerful word. It's a powerful scripture. This confidence of assurance that takes us and brings us into a safe place. And, and, and that veil is, uh, is God, Jesus Christ has already tore the veil so that we can enter into that holies of holies, that we can enter into that heavenly temple, that we can enter into his gates and into his courts, and that we can enter in because his presence has made it available. His death, his resurrection has made it available. That's the good news. That's the, that's the hope of glory that, that is made available to us. Can we really understand it? No. Can we really uh, demonstrate it when, when we ask Jesus Christ into our heart, into our lives? Um, because, because in all reality, God is constantly not speaking to our head, but to our hearts. And if we can just continue to walk in that. I remember one particular word that somebody gave me in this house years ago. He'd never given me a word since, so I'm not sure what happened if I didn't fulfill that. But it was basically a message that, Ruben, don't let your head get in the way from what God has put in your heart. That was a tough word. But you know, it's so true. We can, our minds can, can and, our, and our head can so get in the way of the things of God. And um, so, of course, I repented. I asked God to forgive me, um, you know, all that stuff. But, and it might have not been said in those exact words, but that's what I got out of it. <laughs> so the bottom line is our heads can get bigger than ourselves. And if not, we're not careful. And anyway, we'll go down that trail. Uh, one of my favorite uh, verses in the Bible is Romans eight eleven, and I I I I love this scripture. I devour this scripture. I I say it every day. I pray it every day over my life and over my wife and children and and um, and grandchildren and and you as a church body and people that uh, God has put uh, on my heart. Over the years, but the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells where? In you. He who raised Christ from the dead will also do what? Will also give life to our mortal bodies through his spirit that lives in you. That is such a powerful demonstration, what I feel, of confidence, assurance, of hope, uh, that anchor to my soul it is so so amazing that he would be that he is willing to do that that the Christ Jesus that dwell that that same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead from, from and brought back life now wants to uh, do the same for us well wow, that's just that's phenomenal and it's so powerful when we do it not just i mean i share i i, I quote that scripture for my physical body but also to bring life to my spirit, to bring life to my soul, to bring life to those around me, that I can be demonstrators of, and models of hope and uh, models of his goodness. So we talk about a living hope and a way to see how we can model his, and we can be models of his goodness. Christ in me, the very one that gave himself on my behalf, 
This hope, this Christ in me must be lived. It must be preached and it must be demonstrated. Because he is so, so good. And he so wants to, um, you know, um, use us for his glory. Because his glory literally, uh, I believe that we are stepping into a time in the church realm for the body of Christ, that we will see the glory of God on those like never before. I believe that Acts is about to be written. You know, the chapters are not near done. (laughs) And we're going to fulfill that. And I believe it's written in heaven. It's about to be released on earth. And I'm excited like I've never been excited before because I believe that, and I've always believed this in the last years, no matter how my world is looking around me, I believe the best is yet to come. And I believe the best is yet to come for the church. You know, when you really think about, um, you know, we have, we have heaven to gain. We have all eternity to gain. You know, and um, God's been speaking to me about some eternal things lately, and I, I got really excited. And, and one of the things he's dropping in my spirit, he says, I'm preparing my bride for a banqueting table. I said, well, Father, how does that look like? And one of the things he spoke to me yesterday, he says, well, I saved the best wine for last. Ooh. Ooh. I said, God, I want to drink at your table. I want to feast at your table. And you know what he said? He said, you do that every time you spend time with me and you spend time in my word. You're preparing yourself for my feast. You're preparing yourself for my table that is set before you. See, it's not just then, it's now. The king is here now. He is within you. His presence is here now. And he wants to take us to that place if we just yield and are willing. Told you some of the stuff he's done. It's just asking and you shall receive. Mm -hmm. Knock and it shall be open. You know, that scripture is just like, oh my goodness. I'm learning so much. It's it's some it days. It's just like wow, God. And and one of the things that He's teaching me, and I and I've just really been practicing this. If you knocked, knock again. If you knocked, knock again. If you saw it, saw it again. If you yeah, asked and continue asking, that's not doubting. That's pressing into him. It's not doubting. See, I had this thing that that's doubt if I ask for something. Oh, no, I just got to thank him. No, keep asking. Keep knocking. Keep seeking. Keep pursuing. Don't give up. If there's something that he's told you and it hasn't happened, don't quit now. Well, how much longer shall I seek? How much longer shall I not? He doesn't say. He just says, keep seeking, keep knocking, and the door, and what? The door will be open unto you. I mean, that's some powerful promises. Well, what door is he going to open if you keep? What if, what if I only knock one time and the door doesn't open? How many times have we been in somebody's home and before we had doorbells and, you know, we'd, we'd bang, no, nobody came. And we, we got a little more aggressive. I think that's how. God is wanting us to press into him so much because the kingdom of God is violent and the violent take it by force. Well, what does that look like? I don't know. But I know we can't quit and we got to pursue, so we got to keep knocking. How hard are we going to knock? It's not that God hasn't heard the first time. It's not that he has a deaf ear. It's not that he can't hear. But just maybe... He has something that he, that he wants to show you, teach you, and reveal to you while you're knocking, while you're seeking, while you're pursuing. Or just maybe we're not doing it with all our hearts at times. I'm guilty for that. And he says to do it with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our strength, with everything that's within us. I believe that's the attitude that we need to go before the throne of grace and say, Father, I come to you with all my heart, with all of my soul, with everything that's in me, and I knock on your door, on your heart, because I really need to know something, and I really want to know you more than I need to know something. Maybe it's because we want to know something, we really don't want to know him more. 
I don't know. It's just thoughts I've been having. It happens when you're up here, right, Papa Steve? <laughs> well, these are, these are things I, these are conversations I've been having with a lot of questions and, and a lot of seeking, a lot of knocking with my God and with the Word, and it's been so fun. It's been so, uh, it's been so rich, and it's been so good, and I'm just, I'm just here just sharing some of that goodness to you that I've been receiving. Romans 5, oh, I stepped ahead of myself. Uh, sorry, Hebrews 6, we're still in Hebrews 6, 13 to 20. So one of the things in this scripture um, that um, I, I'm excited about and, and actually the Lord is teaching me um, is whatever I pray over, um, I will influence for the kingdom or whatever I pray about, maybe not always uh, at, the, at that moment or at that time or in that season, but in time, I will influence, and, and, and out of the influence, he gives me the ability to rule and reign over. And it's not like the rule and reigning to uh, be authority over someone. It's actually to bring him closer to him and influence him for the king because his kingdom is here now. His presence is here now. And the beauty of it is if we really follow and are really hungry for more of the king, then we will see his kingdom being manifested on the earth as it is in heaven. But we really, the hunger and thirst will cause us to, to see how good our king is. And uh, I'm sorry, I'm trying, trying to find the scripture. So in Hebrews 6, 13 to 20, um, when God made his promise to Abraham, since there was no one greater for him to swear by, swore by himself, saying, I will surely bless you and will give you my descendants. And so after waiting patiently, Abraham received what was promised. I mean, I mean uh, Hebrews 6, 13 to 20. People swear by someone greater than themselves, and the oath confirms what is said and puts an end to all argument, because God wanted to make the unchanging nature of his purpose very clear to the heirs of what was promised. It's so true for us today. We're heirs of that promise. And he wants to make those things very clearly to us. But so many times, I believe that we haven't sought enough, we haven't knocked enough, we haven't pursued enough. There is a responsibility when you become a believer. You know, our soul, yes, um, is a continuum. Uh, that's a whole other um, thing, a whole other part of us that needs to stay so surrendered and submitted to the Lordship of the Lord Jesus Christ because it can wonder. Our minds, you know, can wonder. And so it so takes the pursuit of God. And it so takes the power of God and so takes the presence of God to keep us on that straight and narrow path. Uh, because God wanted to make the unchanging nature of his purpose very clear to the heirs of what was promised, he confirmed it with an oath. God did this so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, he who had fled to take hold of the hope set before us may be great set before us, may be greatly encouraged. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where our forerunner Jesus has entered on our behalf. He has become that high priest. He has become that one that has, has tore down the veil. He has been the one that has made it available for us to enter into his presence and in his goodness and his grace and his biblical hope. I want to turn to Romans 5, uh, 1.
doesn't want me to pull it. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith. Well, that's a, that's a, that's a lot said right there. How have we been justified through faith? See, those are the questions I've been asking God. And of course, when you start digging that, when you start answering that, you know, he just, um, he wants to have interaction with us when we read the word. He, he wants to have fellowship with us while we're partaking, while we're participating of his word. And, and it's, it's, it's so beautiful when we take time to choose to do that. You know, it, and it takes, it takes effort. It takes willingness. It takes time. You know, I recently, well, a couple months back, God asked me to do something. And I said, well, Father, I have, I have uh, you know, I have a wife and, you know, I don't have six children anymore, but, you know, at home, but, you know, I got a family and we're moving and I got a business to run and, you know, I'm busy, you know. And he goes, yeah, yeah, I know. But he says, uh, do you have time for me? Oh, yes, Lord. <laughs> you know, we can have all these things that we're doing and all these things that, that are happening around us, um, but do we, have, do we take the time? Do we pursue him enough? Do we press in to his heart? Do we pursue him to know his heart and to understand his ways? You know, and, and one of the beautiful things when God takes you into a different season, um, you're, for myself anyway, it's been, I've been very thankful uh, for the past, but I'm so thankful where he has me today. <laughs> You know, you know, I remember the first prophecy Mama Melody gave me, uh, almost, well, over well, right around 19 years ago. And I was probably at that time, um, if, I was pretty hopeless. Um, I, I was such a big transition in my life at that time, and we had just uh, previously moved uh, from Florida to Pennsylvania. And uh, I had no idea where God and what God wanted to do in my life. I was really clueless. And uh, he had talked to me about a few things and about it. And I said, nah, that's in the past. I don't want to do that today. You know, I'm done with that. And he was calling me back in business, but I didn't want to hear it. And um, so it, it, took, it took Mama Melody to be able to uh, get me on that path. And I believe that's one thing. I, I know for a fact that's one thing that I have really appreciated about the prophetic. Because it gives you a hope. It anchors you. See, we need the written word and the spoken word in our life. And when I, the word was so much that, uh, and I'm paraphrasing this a little bit, but this is what I remembered from it, is that there'll be a day coming when you, when you will look back and say it was all worth it. And I can actually say yes and amen to that now. Because... In our, in our walk with God over the years, um, he asked us to lay things down that I never imagined him to lay down. You know, in 1993, my father suddenly passed away of a heart attack, and it rocked my world. And I realized if that would have been me, I wouldn't have been ready to go. And so I started seeking God. I started knocking. And through it, I had a dream Twice that my dad came to me and he said, son, just serve God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. What I hadn't known is just about a week before my dad passed away, this would have been like 1992, 93. It was actually February of 93. And uh, what I didn't realize, he had given his heart to the Lord. And I had no idea. I remember the, the very last conversation with my dad is where my business is today. And... I was there doing some work and um, trimming some trees, and it was pretty cold. And um, Dad said, well, let's have lunch together. And so it's the last time I saw my father here on this earth, and he said something to me that rocked my world. And he said, I don't know how to tell you this, son Reuben, but 
I never lo- want to go back and living the way that I used to. And at that time, I was, my heart started pounding, and I literally didn't even want to know. I didn't even ask him what that meant. Because he was not like me. He was a man of few words. And um, he, when he said something, it had, it had real deep meaning. And, of course, uh, about a week afterwards, uh, I met my, uh, a friend of mine, a distant relative of mine. And um, we were at a, a fire hall breakfast. And he started talking to me about my dad and how my father had received the Lord uh, through him sharing the scriptures to him. And I got all choked up. I couldn't even finish my breakfast. I was under so much conviction. And that was a huge transformation. That was a huge, that was a huge event for me, a huge time for me to really lay my life down and really uh, start serving, serving the Lord and what I didn't realize is the things that he asked me to lay down. It was, you know, we had just bought a house, and, and um, he asked us to give it up. And uh, we had a business back then, and he asked me to give that up. And I was like, God, what are you doing? I'm like, what am I supposed to do? And what are you calling me to? You know, and there was all these all this things that I was such a, I was such a wreck when I, when I look back, and I just, I didn't know what was happening. And so if you find yourself in the middle of the, in that season, and you find yourself hearing God say all that stuff to you, don't be surprised, because it's the way of his kingdom. When we lose our life, we'll find it. When we, Mark talks about it, Mark 11 talks about it, when we give up father, mother, land, houses for his name's sake, He'll give it back in this life a hundredfold and hereafter. Yeah. And now we're the, we're, we're, God is bringing it all back a hundredfold in this life. Well, what does that look like hereafter? I don't know. But I do know that it's beautiful here. And so it's got to be even much better even beyond that. But, but, but that's, that's such a, um, uh, that time in my life was, was and in our lives was, was, it wasn't easy. It was very difficult. It was very hard. And one of the hard things for my wife was we had, when you get married Amish, you, um, uh, one of the things the uh, groom's parents do is they, uh, they, they make all the, fur- no, not, well, they, they get you the furniture. And so her, her father was a woodworker, and so he gave us all this furniture. And now God was asking her to lay it all, give it all up. And um, because, see, some of that stuff had, had a hold of our hearts. It, it, it was it had hold of our hearts, and uh, Jesus wanted all of us, not just you know a small portion of us. And so that's another reason why he uh, asked sometimes to give those things up because he wants all of us. When we say, "Lord, I want you into my life, and I make you Lord of my life," he takes it literal. <laughs> he wants he wants all. He wants all to be all. <laughs> so anyway, it's just. Uh, it's just been a fun journey. It's been an interesting journey. It's been a life transformational journey. But I am so grateful for that word because now years, six years in Florida, we came back and Mom and Melody gives me this word. And um, I said, God, I don't want to go back in business. I have no desire to go back in business. And, and he says, good. Well, I said, how can it be good? He says, well, now I can do it through you. He said, you're doing it for yourself. Now you can do it for me. Well, I could do that. But see, that, that takes time. Yeah. That kind of stuff doesn't happen overnight. Oh, I gotta, I'm rambling on here. Uh, Romans 5, where were we? Romans 5.1. And um, therefore, since we've been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into his grace, which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. See, what I'm sharing was, was boasting in what God had done and what he's doing and, and how the prophetic word has, had caused me to go in a path that I wouldn't have chose myself. But it caused me to get on my knees before the Father and say, I surrender all, I'll do what you say, I'll go where you want me to go, and I'm yours. And he, and, and he, and he would say things, well, finally, son, you surrender all. <laughs> I surrender all. <laughs> Truly, do we? <laughs> it crossed mine too. It must be. 
because of you, Papa Steve. <laughs> it must be. Oh, hallelujah. Now, not only so, but we would also glory in his sufferings because we've known that suffering produces perseverance. And this is where I really wanted to get to. Um, what, what does that look like? Um, perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. Wow. Really? So, perseverance... <laughs> It's part of that knocking. It's part of that seeking. It's part of that, that pursuit that we, you know, that we persevere. We must persevere in the kingdom of God. We must because it will produce character. It will produce hope. And it will cause us to uh, fulfill destiny and purpose. Um, There is blessings when we press through the hard times. And that was part of the reason for sharing some of my testimony. Because the road to wholeness, you see, leads us down the path of perseverance. And perseverance produces character and character then hope. Can we see that? Can you understand that? Because, see, in the midst of my time in Florida, when I, when, when I was at my bottom of the bottom, I felt like I was in the middle, middle of the desert. I was like, like Moses, you know. I was out on the other side of Manana land somewhere. I felt lost, I felt hopeless, I felt despair, I felt like God didn't care, and, and those were all like really real to me, and, he got, and I heard God say, now is going to be the journey of your healing, and I go, huh? And he, and, he, and he brought me to a place where I had believed a real stronghold in my life, a real lie that was very real to me, and I never saw it as a lie, and when God showed it to me, I wept, I just, I was out in the garage changing a tire on my vehicle, and I just, I just, I just wept. I just, I just went on my knees before him in my garage, and I just cried. And I just realized, I said, God, if you're exposing a lie in me now, only now, like I'm really receiving that, there must be more. And so I just expect you to continue showing me the lies that I believed about myself, that that you bring me truth and you bring me into grace and into hope because I need you. And so that was the beginning of my journey. So if I wouldn't have persevered. Um, you know, in that time, there wouldn't have been fruit of character and a fruit, fruit of hope. You know, when you raise six kids, uh, it takes some perseverance. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, you only see two now. But the fruit is so rewarding because the Word of God says there's no greater joy than see your children walk in the ways of truth. See, through our obedience, now today, God is, they're all serving God. They're all serving the Lord. And there's no greater joy. The Bible says there's no greater joy than to see your children walk in the ways of truth. And so, yes, there was a price to pay. Yes, there was perseverance. And yes, there was, felt like a lot of long suffering. (laughs) But the fruit was so good and wonderful. And then I I remember somebody kept telling me uh, within the sound of my voice that, you know, you know, he, he, I don't know if he was saying it to uh, pervert, uh, to um, cause jealousy to rise. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but uh, he was saying, you need to get one of those, uh, you know, grandchildren. You know, you need to get one of those. And I'm like, well, I can't do nothing about that. But you talk about um, joy. You talk about a lot of fun. You talk about a fruit of your labor <laughs> and a reward that's, uh, oh, my goodness. We could talk a long time about that. Um, but, but truly, the best is yet to come. And, and when I see my grandchildren, I see that goodness. And I see that the best has come and is continuing to come. Because it, uh, it, it literally brings joy to both of us. And, and it just is so, so much fun. And it's so exciting. And, and it's just so rewarding. You know, when they come running to you with open arms and they just come running at you. And, you know, they say those words, paps, paps. Man, your heart just goes, whoop. done. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, he send them home. Uh, uh, Benjamin Franklin said, "Never leave something for tomorrow that you can't accomplish today. Today is a day of hope to arise in us. How can I have expectation and experience more of God's goodness and model of God's goodness in this year to come?" That's a good question. I'm glad you asked. <laughs> well, one of the things that's caused for me is. Um, 
and I, like I told you before, I just love ask, love getting into the Word like never before and asking a lot of questions and being open to, to hear and eyes to see and a heart to surrender. Uh, it causes me to have understanding and revelation. And, and I'm telling you, it's worth its price. It's worth its gold. And it's not like I wasn't in the Word before. It's not that at all. It's just that I have such a passion to see my sphere of influence around me change for the glory of God that I realize if I want to see that happen, I have to be the first one that's willing to do that and pay that price. Diligent, diligent creates momentum, and momentum is a driving force that makes average seem exceptional and common seem profound, and momentum equals and produces favor, and favor of the Lord produces success, and it causes us to dream again and give us a hope and an expectation in a future, and, and we'll see the goodness of God in the land of the living. I probably should say that again. Diligent, diligent, bring that pursuit, that keep knocking, that keep creates momentum, and momentum is a driving force that makes, makes average seem exceptionable and common seem profound. And momentum equals and produces favor. And favor of the Lord produces success. And it will cause us to dream again. Since we moved in our home, uh, we, you know, since Florida, we haven't, we haven't, we, we, we had a house that we didn't live in. We had a, we, we lived in a house that we, we had a house that we that we didn't live in, and we lived in a house that we didn't own. And so uh, the Lord made a way for us to be able to um, literally get our dream house. And um, when it happened, uh, and since it's happened, every night, I've, I don't know what's going on, but I literally dream like I've never dreamt before. And I don't know of what that all means, but it's been exciting. It's been fun. And that's why I'm saying what I'm saying, because these are things that have been happening to us, and it's just like heaven's invading earth in our community, and he's preparing us for something bigger than us. And it's part of the kingdom. He's preparing us for something bigger than us. Are you ready? I'm getting ready. I don't know about you guys. Jesus truly is the author and the finisher of our faith. And he's keeping the best wine to last. He truly is. My prayer is that through this, that biblical hope can arise in each of you. And that it will allow you to cause, to press into God like never before. And that you can see that it brings your soul into um, just that steadfastness and that anchor. Uh, and that uh, brings you into his presence so see, you can see the fullness of the joy of the, joy of the Lord. Because we truly are the living temple of God that dwells in us. And I want to leave you with this scripture. Hebrews 11.1 1. Now faith is, what? The substance of things hoped for. Evidence of things not seen. I like it when we see it from some other translations. It says, faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things not seen. Faith shows us the reality of what we hope for. Wow. It is the evidence of things not seen. Faith means being sure of things we hope for and we are expecting. You know, I don't know about you, but I want to be the light like never before in my sphere. I want to be that anchor of hope for those around me. And uh, in order for me to do that, I must knock. I must press in. I must pursue. I must persevere. Uh, I, I must because the time is at hand where I, the scripture that talks about, um, you know, there was, uh, there was those that had prepared their, 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 their lamps with oil, you know, and are we preparing uh, for the kingdom of God? Are we preparing for, for him to return? Are we preparing for, um, for the great awakening? Are we preparing for uh, the word of God to become manifest in our fear of influence? If, if, we, don't, if we don't read it and we don't study it and we don't, we don't uh, daily have uh, that part of our, our daily diet, how can we be demonstrator of his hope? How can we? So we must be partakers 
because his goodness wants to reach, reach way beyond our, what, even, even what we can expect, even what we can hope for. But he wants to partner with us to be able to accomplish that, and he wants to do it through us, and he wants to do it through his church. And I believe in 2020, we're going to see uh, miracles, signs, and wonders outside of the four walls of church like we've never seen before. I am expecting it. I am hungry for it. I am anticipating it. I am, I am praying. I'm believing and trusting and hoping by faith and, and, and knowing that I know that I know that he's preparing us for such a time as this. So I'll just close in prayer. Father, I just thank you for your word. I thank you that it brought new hope and new life and an expectation to see your goodness in their sphere of influence. And so, God, you, you promised us that you would not cause your word to return void. And so I thank you, Father, that in this season and in seasons to come and in 2022, that we will see uh, that uh, new hope arise in us and new courage arise in us to take the land, to take the territory, and to advance your kingdom in our sphere of influence like never before in Jesus' name.